0: just keep those next to you and we'll get them after church that's fine so romans chapter eight a little bit of a recap chapter seven ends with this paul speaking he's writing this and and he's 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 just described this inner war that happens within him the things that he doesn't want to do he does and things that he does that he does want to do he doesn't do and and he, he's getting to that point and he's just saying that there's a, is a sin nature uh, within us that wars against uh us wanting to come to God right that that uh do we want to obey god or do we want to obey our sin and that's what he's saying uh hes saying and then he ends chapter 7 by saying O wretched man that i am who will deliver me from this body of death i thank God through Jesus Christ our lord so then, with the mind I serve uh, the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. What he, it, the, the description there is that that freedom, the, who who is going to save me from this body of death? Who's, who is the one? What, what can deliver me from this? And then he, he, he declares it in verse 25 of chapter 7. And he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. How do we have victory over the flesh? Jesus Christ. When uh, when he ends chapter 7 with that, he picks up. Now, the, these chapters weren't here. These verses weren't there. He's just writing a letter. Okay, So where, what we know is as, uh, the, the next verse in the next chapter. So he, he goes on to say, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit where Where Paul ended Chapter Seven with that cry out that our that our sinful you know man or woman uh, is saying i don't want to do these things, and I, I I want this battle to come to an end i don't I don't want to do the wrong things, oh wretched man uh, that I am, uh, who will save me, who will deliver me from this body of death I will thank I thank my God uh, through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And, and then he's able to go on, and he, he starts in saying, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to repeat that. There is therefore no now no con- uh, condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Understand, meditate on that, okay? Meditate on what he's saying there. There is no con- uh, condemnation to those who are, are in Christ Jesus. So there isn't a, once we have made our profession of faith, we don't have to wonder whether Jesus really heard us. We don't have to wonder whether we did it sincere enough. When you when you prayed that prayer, you did it sincere enough, right? Because we got brought to that point, okay? Uh, if, we are, if we are in Christ Jesus, if we're walking with the Lord, there is no condemnation. The condemnation that we may experience in our minds, in our hearts, is from the wicked one the accuser of the brethren, right? Because we have an advocate with the father that the Jesus Christ, right? That advocates on our behalf. It would be like Jesus is our lawyer advocating for us, right? Jesus, Jesus doesn't, so if there is guilt over sin and it's driving us to Christ, that's the Holy spirit that's convicting us of that. If there is condemnation, uh, over our sin that is from the wicked one do you see the difference between the two there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit so remember we were studying last week the law uh, shows us our sin and that outside of a perfect sacrifice which we've just remembered uh, there is no hope for us to be reconciled to God there was there was absolutely no hope Outside of Jesus Christ, there's no hope for the payment of sin. There's no uh, g- amount of good that we can do. Uh, there's, there's no uh, certain things that we can, uh, we can just say or uh, magic potions to drink, anything like that. Uh, the, the way we come to God is through Jesus Christ himself. Romans chapter 3 verse 20 tells us about the law. It says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So what the law has to offer us is death. You understand what what Paul is saying here? The law offers death, but verse 1 declares the best news we could ever hear that there is now, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The most extreme of contrast that we could even experience, right? Life and death, right? Those, when 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 someone tells you a situation is life and death, you know that it's the, the most the 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 polar opposites, the bigger a biggest difference of extremes on either side. You know, it, when when we consider what's being said here, we go from therefore by the deeds of the law no flesh shall be justified in his sight from Romans 3:20, and now we introduce Christ and everything changes. Once Christ is introduced to our lives and we've accepted him, there's uh, therefore now no condemnation. So from the law, there is condemnation. In Christ, there is no condemnation. And we discussed this. The law isn't wrong. We're the wrong ones, right? The law is, is, uh, was designed to show us our need for a Savior and that we're sinful. Verse, verse 2 says uh, is explaining, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, that freedom we can experience freedom in Christ is what that is is telling us right there. Uh, there's a new law for the believer in Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This new law sets us free from the old law of sin and death. You know, the law can't claim us. We don't. For the Christian, you do not belong to the law anymore. We belong to Christ. So there's a, a, a massive difference there, and there's a great peace in that. You know, because if we still belong to the law, we're going to have to wonder: Did I do enough? Did I did I did I uh, did I make enough of a of a difference? Uh, you know, what what did I do? No, we belong to Christ. We don't belong to the law anymore. There's that new law that came uh, through Christ that uh, that would reign in our lives. Law of the Spirit of Life. That sounds awesome to me. Law, so we have death or life that's that are being described here, right? verse three says for the old law could not it, it tells us that it could not pay for sin right where it says for uh, the law could not do in what the law could not do and that uh, it was weak through the flesh God did by sending his own son on likeness of sinful flesh the old law couldn't pay for sin it demanded a payment we couldn't afford right there there was there was this this uh, this demand of perfection from the law and if the law is broken how is it paid for it's paid for by a sinless one, right? So when we look back at the Old Testament um, and, and we see uh, the, the sin offerings that were offered, right? There were, there were uh, you know bulls and goats and lambs and all these things that were offered to the Lord. Those were temporary things that can't fulfill the requirement of the law. They're a shadow, Hebrews tells us, of the things to come. Right? They 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 were they were speaking uh, of a better sacrifice that was coming, uh, a superior sacrifice, and that would be Jesus Christ. You know, Christ's sacrificial death, what we're just reading here, uh, and resurrection fulfilled the demands of the old law. So the reason that there's no condemnation for us is because Christ has fulfilled the law for us, and if we have faith in Him, then we don't have to face the penalty of our sin. Because when we are reading through this study in Romans, we see that all mankind stood guilty before God in our sin. We, we inherited the sin through Adam, right? We, we have this, that sinful nature born within us. And, and, that, uh, and then we commit sin because it's part of our lives. We inherited death from Adam, but we also saw even in Romans chapter 5, death in Adam Life in Christ, didn't we? As we studied through that, Romans chapter five, verse twenty-one says, "So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus, uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord." So there's a, There's that. Uh, another contrast there. Sin was reigning in death, uh, but we have uh, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, uh, and, and, and we have righteousness uh, to eternal life. It says. Look at verse 3 again. It says, you know, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. God sent his own son. I was watching um, at the tail end of a football game. We kind of bounced around and uh, everybody was getting ready for bed. I had uh, pretty much uh, finished up with uh, some uh, brushing up of notes and stuff, and I... I, uh, I stopped and I watched the end of a football game last night. And I'm watching after a touchdown. They're kicking the, the point after try there. And uh, sure enough, there's somebody standing there with a big yellow John 316 uh, sign, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, uh, and that whoever believes in him uh, would not perish but have everlasting life, right? So when, when we see here that it says that God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, right? John chapter 1, you guys have heard this many times. And if it's familiar to you and you can recite it, perfect. That's what we want, right? We want to memorize scripture. We want to have these things understood. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and uh, without him nothing was made that was made, right? Uh, And then if if you skip over to verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, So, so when, we, when we're studying here in uh, Romans 8, verse 3, where it says that God did uh, what the law couldn't do, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. He sent his son to die in our place to pay the penalty for our sin. In the likeness of sinful flesh, right? On the account of sin. He didn't send his son, as John 17 tells us, he didn't send his son into the world that the world would be condemned, but that the world through him would be saved. There's a big difference. I I love when we can understand what Christianity really is. Christianity is God reaching out to us. That's, That's what it is. We just read this, right? We're seeing God reaching out to a lost, and broken world and saying I can save you because of, of of what I've done for you, you can be saved. And and when we understand, he he could have just condemned us all. You know, all you got to do is go back and look at the flood, right? That every thought of man was nothing but wicked, and God wiped them out, saved eight people, right? Threw them all on a boat. You know, go to the Ark Encounter down in Kentucky. Will and Laurie are down there. Willie, Lori's actually the director of, of uh, events, or I think that's what it is. You know, they, they can get you in. They can show you around the good stuff. It's built life-size. I mean, this thing's what 400 and something feet. It's massive. I haven't been there yet, but I can't wait to. I hope to this year. Get down there and check it out. Oh, what a blessing. But to know that there isn't a condemnation, right? God saw that we were helpless. We're hopeless without him. And what he did is he met the need that we couldn't meet and sending his only son. This was the only way for the law to be fulfilled. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, he says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or tittle will not, by no means pass from the law. Till all is fulfilled. Now, in our reading uh, today, so far it says that that he condemned sin in the flesh. Go back and read in in the end of verse three. It says uh, uh, that uh, God sent His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, uh, He condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of perfection. Uh, you know, Christ lived a perfect and a righteous, sinless life, and uh, he died. He fulfilled uh, the uh, requirements of the law and died for us. When Jesus died, when you can see this in John chapter 19, verse 30, when he said the three words, it is finished, those are powerful words, some of the most powerful words ever uttered on, on the earth, and I'd argue those are the most powerful. It is finished. Sin is paid for. The way is made, right? Because when he died, right after he said that, we've talked about this several times, the veil in the temple that separated man from God, that was torn. Jesus Christ says, it is finished. There is a way uh, for us to be s- saved and uh, to be reconciled to God, and it is through Jesus Christ. Then, when we come to faith in Christ, then his righteousness is credited to our account because he is the one that condemned sin uh, in the flesh, sin and death reigned until Christ came to defeat them both uh, through the cross and uh, resurrection. You know now there's a way out. Salvation is available to every sinner. The question uh, it would be, why would we delay or reject such a great offer? Right. So you mean I can send, you know, trade in my sin, my sorrow, my shame, my guilt? My, all those things, the, the heavy things of the past, the things that happened to us that we're afraid to tell to anybody, we don't have to carry those. We can go to Jesus and say, I don't know how to deal with those things. Can you take me, take these away from me? Can you help me? The things that we committed that we're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. You know, Looking back at our history, our, our lives before we came to Christ, all we got to do is come to Him and say, Lord, I want these things gone. I want him gone. I don't want to. And then we can, we can uh, meditate on his goodness, on the fact that, that he conquered sin and death. Now, why would we want to walk according to the flesh? Why, you know, where it says those who, who walk according to the Spirit, why would we want to walk according to the flesh? And we're going to talk about that here in a moment. Look, look where the, the flesh leads us sin, death, and condemnation. Those don't sound, you know, like like would you want the, the 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 gift package of hey, we got sin, death, and condemnation here for you, right? None of us would want that. We want freedom in Christ. We want victory, we want eternal life. You know, Lord offers for us to walk in the freedom and newness of life in Christ. So because of the perfect like life of, of Jesus Christ his sacrificial death and his resurrection from the dead, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Like I said, if you haven't made the decision to follow him, don't leave here without making that right this morning. Verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, living according to the flesh and uh, in, in setting our things... Um, on the mind, on the things of the flesh, that's that's always going to give us um, a, a false sense of fulfillment, right? There's the the things uh, that give fleshly gratification. you know re, And what will happen is oftentimes we'll get to a point where I know this is bad for me, but I'm still gonna do it anyways. We can't live in that. We can't that's not life, right? That's not that's not a life of freedom. That's a life of bondage. That's, that's living out the life of death in us. We're not supposed to do that. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. That that earthly gratification, regardless of the physical or spiritual effect, those are only things from our the, from our enemy, the wicked one. But to those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So we have a choice, you know, who we're going to live for, you know, and and what are we going to live for, according to the flesh or according to the Spirit? There is a choice presented to us. Am I going to make my flesh obey the Spirit? Am I going to make my flesh obey the Scripture? That we do have a choice, or am I going to fold to it? We have that choice. What am I going to do? You know, the flesh tells us to set our mind on the things that we want, God will understand. Just do it. God understands. It's okay. He's going to carry. No, God does not. He's never going to tell us it's okay to sin. He's not going to tell you, yeah, go ahead, carry carry that out. I got it. No. When you consider he hates sin so much that he would send his son to die so that we don't have to experience the power of sin and death because he knows what it does. It destroys life. It leads people away from him. God does not want that for our lives. That's what the flesh tells us. Set the mind on your mind on the things you want. The Spirit tells us set our mind on the things that He wants. You see the difference? You can't do both. We can't set our mind on the things that we want and the things that God wants at the same time. They're enmity, the, Spirit, the, the Scriptures tell us. We can't, we can't do the, the, the two things at the same time, right? Just like Jesus said, you can't worship God and money at the same time. You can't. You can't you, 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 it's one or the other. The same with really with any any sin. So what does all this all mean? How do, how is living by the Spirit accomplished? Colossians chapter three verses one through four says this: If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden in Christ in God. Where Christ is, uh, so when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. You know, if we if we want to live by the Spirit, there's a a recipe here described in in Colossians three. It says, "If then you are raised with Christ, right in baptism, right raised with Christ." Right? Because when we're baptized, we've come to the point where I'm a sinner. I, I need to be saved. We've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Then we get baptized. And that's a public dis- uh, display of our faith, the newness of life that we have, that the old person is gone and the new one in Christ has risen up. Right. So seek those things which are above. So there's something that's required of us. There isn't just God waving a magic wand over us. There, th- we, we've got to put in some work into our lives. Not to save us, but if we want to live in victory, we have to be able to get to a point where we're doing these things. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is. God, you know, help me. Change my mind, right? And it even says, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. So we have to take our thoughts captive into, into the obedience of Christ. We have to bring in, and we have to understand that that there's something greater than what we just want. We have to come to a point where we're denying ourselves, taking up our cross daily, and following Him. Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 and 25 say this, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. How do we do those things? By the power of the Spirit, the promised helper from, from the Father, right? That's how we do it. We don't do it on our own might. We go and say, "God, I can't do this, but I want to." I, give me, you know. When, when you think of Psalm thirty-seven, right? Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart, right? When when I, I hope I'm quoting the right Psalm there. I think I am, right? When we when God is our delight, then our desires change, and He gives us those desires. So we have to we have to retrain our mind. I used to really delight in this. I used to really love this. I used to dive into this or, or whatever it is, but there's a difference that comes. There's the flesh's desire, and then there's you know following after the flesh or following after the Spirit. All we have to do is go, wait a minute, God's telling me different. I, that's the old person. I'm not dragging the old person along with me anymore. There's I now walk in the Spirit because I am a child of God, and I have His Spirit living within me. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I can't do that anymore. There's a difference in me. I have to walk in the Spirit. There's a a newness of life that has taken place in my heart. Paul continues, verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So the fruit of a carnal mind, what is described there, is death, condemnation. Right? The fruit of a spiritually minded person would be life and peace. Guys, that's a, that's the easiest multiple choice question. What do you want in your life? Death and condemnation, or life and peace? I mean, it's, it's pretty easy, right? You know, for me, for me, I, I mean, I go into school. I loved it when because I I I've told you guys I never paid attention to anything my teacher said. Nothing. I just, whatever, unless I was interested, I'm not paying attention. Multiple choice questions, I was really happy it was only three questions, uh, three options, right? Don't you hate the fourth option? You know, all of the above, none of the above, because if you didn't study and you didn't listen, you're like, I don't know, you just start doing, and it becomes very evident to your teacher as they're grading your exam, this kid didn't pay attention at all, but when it comes down to the question of what do you want in your life, John, death and condemnation, or do you want life and peace? I want life and peace. I want those things. I want those things. I don't want to be carnally minded. I want to be spiritually minded. Verse 7 tells us that the carnal mind is at enmity. It's in opposition to God. Direct opposition and rejection of the law of God. Right? So we, we cannot please God, it goes on to say, that we, we cannot please God if we're in the flesh. We can't do it. So uh, because our, our carnality uh, produces sin, it's in opposition to him. We cannot walk in opposition to God and please him at the same time. We can't be in our hearts rejecting God and then hoping that he's really blessed by, by us. Right? There, no, because we're rejecting him. We're turning away from him. We can't do the, those two things at the same time. That's what Paul is saying here. To be carly, carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, excuse me, is life and peace. You know, you know, I just we can please God by faith in him. That's what that's that's how uh, God is. That's where he gets excited. That's that's what you know, when we consider uh, when when there's repentance, when someone has turned to God, we know that heaven rejoices because Jesus told us in Luke chapter 15, verse 10. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. If anybody here this morning didn't know Jesus Christ and you prayed that, or watching, uh, and you prayed that prayer and you asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, there's a party in heaven. There's great rejoicing over one sinner that's not going to face the condemnation they were facing before. Now they have, uh, what what that person has to look forward to is life and peace. Such a great thing. It's so good that we get we get we sometimes get a little excited and we might be like, oh, hey, that's really awesome, cool, where are we going to eat? Right? We get to the point where we don't comprehend how powerful that is. You ever been through something and you're like, Lord, I don't know why I'm doing this. And, and you know, there's a lot of work or there's a lot of frustration. And, and God just is, is working in your heart. And you go, you know what? If one person hears the gospel and repents and comes to, comes to uh, repentance, Punky's nodding right now because we were praying that. Um, and Corey and Shane, if he was here, he would be. Uh, you know, when we played at Praise in the Park. You know, the, the whole thing was just to get the gospel up. Maybe it's somebody pushing their kid on the swings over at Knowlton Park. That if one person returns to the Lord or one person uh, comes to newness of life in Christ, they've never been saved and now they are, then it was all worth it. Even, even all the work that we could do in our lives, if one person experiences eternal life based on God you know, working in us and through us, that's a victory, man. Hopefully so many more, right? We want to affect so many more. But, man, if one person comes to the Lord, knowing there's eternal stakes, right? Heaven or hell? So the question is walking in the Spirit. You know, How does a Christian conduct themselves? We're supposed to be walking in the Spirit. And as we do, we're going to experience that life and peace. So what does it mean? It means to walk in obedience to God's Word and by the power of His Holy Spirit. We've, we've touched on that a little bit. The Spirit will have His way in us. He'll change our mind. He'll change our desires. What it means is that we submit our will to the Lord, and then He empowers us. He gives us that victory over sin. He gives us that victory over our nature and wanting to sin and those things. He changes the desires of our heart, right, as we make Him our delight. When when things change so much in our lives that we don't even desire those things, that comes from God. Galatians chapter five verse fifteen, uh, verse sixteen says, "I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust, uh, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish." The, as we've discussed, there there can't be uh, one or the other, but the Christian has to realize. That there's a rejection of fleshly and carnal desires that needs to happen within our lives, and as we walk in the Spirit, we're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. We know that the lust of the flesh war against the Spirit, and the Spirit wars against those things. We just have to yield our will to Him. We need to be spiritually minded. I remember um, the, our assistant pastor, who was uh, I was interning in ministry over uh, under over in uh, Washington State. Uh, Jen and I were very involved in our youth ministry over there. And that was 99 to uh, 2000, no, 2001 to 2002. So, yeah, it was at the end of two. So it was two years that we were there. and um, And I remember him saying, he was saying, you know, we want to look through things with eternity stamped on our eyeballs so that we're looking at things from a heavenly perspective and an eternal and spiritual perspective because if we're only looking at things for the gratification we can get now and that when we understand that's a lust of my flesh and everything if we're if we're training our mind and our hearts to say you know what ah I remember that desire and I remember where that led me and where that led me and that where led and I got way down into that pit that hole and then God pulled me up I don't want to go back down there It destroyed this, destroyed my finances, destroyed marriages, destroyed relationships with friends and family. All of those things destroyed our relationship, most of all, with God. Right? We don't want those things. We want to be spiritually minded and walking with him. Understanding that eternal outlook reminds us that, as Peter said in in, uh, 1 Peter 2, he says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. You're just passing through. Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. I'm just passing through. I don't need that stuff anymore. I don't want those things. As I pass through, I want to live a life of peace and freedom. I want. I want those things. I don't want to like. Okay, you guys ever traveled? Who who here likes to travel with a bunch of stuff? Right. Some of us do. Do you like to though? Right. How many people want to go through and you've got the the, the mega cart behind you? You've seen them. And I remember Jen and I were uh, in Italy and we'd come back here. Um, and we'd be back here for like two weeks. And there was one time we had an eight or nine hour layover in, in England. And we park our stuff. They wouldn't let us check our bags. They said we're too early. we got to wait another like four hours to check our bags. So we're stuck in England. And we're all jet lagged because, you know, now we're six hours ahead of where we were. And our minds are like, why aren't you sleeping? And we want to sleep, but we don't know if we can because somebody might take our stuff or whatever. So we're in this weird thing. And I'm going, man, I wish we didn't have all that. You guys ever experience flying with like nothing? You know, you just kind of walk onto the plane. Sometimes you don't even have a backpack. That's the way I want to go through life. I don't want baggage. I don't want to carry all those things, right? If we're walking after the flesh, there's just bag upon bag and upon bag. Burden, right? Those are burdens that we're carrying with us. You know, we're walking with the Lord. We're flying with, you know, we're just walking on here. You know, I got my ticket on my phone. I, you know, I got to carry, you know, that that type of, of, of mindset, right? The freedom we have in Him. As we're sojourners... I, I just encourage you to travel light and follow uh, after the Spirit. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if, uh, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. You know, this doesn't say that you you might. It, it says right in here, verse 9, it says, but you are not in the flesh. Uh, but in the spirit, it doesn't say you might not be in the flesh if the spirit, is, uh, if, if, uh you know, in the spirit if indeed the spirit dwells upon you, right? It says you are not in the flesh. We, we're not in the flesh if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. you know, the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. He's the one that gives us the power to do the. Because in our own willpower, ever been there? In my own willpower. I'm never gonna. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm making a stand right now. I'm. I'm not gonna do this. In our own strength, we will fail every time. We're going to. I've seen it, uh, you know, throughout my life. I've seen it very recently. Those things, we can't do it in our own flesh. It's a hurtful. It's a. It's a bad, uh, bad, uh, you know, combination of just saying, oh, you know, what I can be faced with that and I can overcome it. Right. There's that saying there that um, I've seen on T-shirts or whatever, and it's talking about. You know, Satan coming and kind of teasing somebody, saying, "Hey, you don't have enough strength," uh, you know, and everything. And and I forgive me, I'm I'm butchering the statement. And it's basically someone looking at Satan saying, "I am the storm." No, no, because all that's got to happen is you're presented a desire that you really wanted, and we're going. Oh, I'm going right over here. Storm was pretty mild, right? Say, Satan's not intimidated by us. Our victory is found in the power of God, uh, you know, not, not in our own strength. You know, it, the, the spirit is the one that makes all the difference. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So the, the result of, uh, of the body would bring us to death and the, the result of the spirit would bring us to life. So the question is, how do we know if we have the spirit? Really hard answer another one that I could get uh, even from not paying attention in school um, the answer is ask you know he's, he's a promise from the father John chapter 14 verse 15 says if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide uh, with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you Right. Uh, Remember, Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verses nine through 13, we're not going to read all that. But Jesus is describing ask, seek and knock. Right. If we ask, seek and knock, the heavenly father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. We can just ask. Right. When Jesus was was saying that in John 14, he's talking to his disciples. He's saying, guys, you, you need the spirit. Just ask him. Just ask, you know, walk in my commandments. And, and, and he'll pray for the Father and he will, uh, he'll, he'll give you the helper, right? And, and, and the, the explanation from Jesus in, in Luke chapter 11 saying just ask, seek, and knock. Think of Re- Revelation chapter uh, 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. It's as simple as just asking the Lord. In response, just say when he's saying, Hey, would you let me in? Would you come in? Right? You're opening the door and letting him come in, and he gives us the spirit. And our desires change once we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we're submitted to God's will, his word, and his spirit. Verse twelve verse eleven. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the Holy Spirit, right? He will give life to our mortal bodies. That someday we will be uh, brought to heaven, our bodies too. People get all weird about this, right? And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, am I mortal body? You know what what does God do if I my ashes were spread in the wind in Alaska? You know, and you know what do I do then? Guys, he created the world by the his voice, by speaking the world into creation. I'm pretty sure he knows where your DNA is and go, "Okay, this one here, you know, and he can he can take care of it. It's not it's not going to be that uh, that big of a thing. Some people will get all caught up about this or something else. We just have to realize that it's not too much for the Lord. Goes on to say he will uh, give uh, life to us through the Spirit who dwells in us. Right, Second Corinthians chapter three verse seventeen says, "Now the uh, Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's life in Christ. There isn't uh, there isn't condemnation. There isn't death uh, or anything uh, that that is there. There is uh, in Christ uh, who was raised from the dead. He's going to give us life. Right." Therefore, verse 12, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, uh, you know, looking at verse 12, it says, we're debtors. We're not debtors to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, right? But then it goes on, uh, and, and we see here, there's the, the, um, that word, but, right? I'm so grateful for that word, but. That There are contrasts within the scripture that, that point out the truth, that if we're walking in the flesh, if we're doing these things, uh, you know, this is going to be the end. And then God adds good news attached to it, right? We, we have, uh, you know, consider the gospel that is attached, right? But, and uh, it's as if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So there's a spiritual life. There's eternal life to look forward to uh, when we're uh, turning from the sinful desires of our flesh. And walking to the lord you know this is uh again like i said just the the easiest of multiple choice things you know yeah i i i don't want those things but we have to understand these things may seem very easy as we sit here but sometimes when we get in the place where uh or 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 the situation where the temptation is and we go oh hey there it is right there i know i declared in church it's by the Spirit we have victory over those things. Because what can happen is in in the, the wrong place and circumstance, um, you know, sin can cloud our minds and makes things make things very difficult and seem impossible. I can't I can't turn away from this thing. I have to I have to walk uh, and, and and follow it and do what it tells me to do. We don't. If we live by the Spirit, the flesh is crucified in Christ. Right? We've we've read that already. To be led by the Spirit, I said those who were led by the Spirit, these are sons of God, right? If we ask and, and He will give, uh, then you know we have to understand that our good, good Father will give us the Spirit, give us the strength we need, give us uh, the power we need uh, to, uh, to live as we should, to, to, to live by the Spirit and put to death the deeds of the body, that we're not going to follow after those things, right? Remember, when, when Jesus was, was teaching that, he said, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, right? And he's even saying, like, you know, if your kid's asking you for a glass of water or, or an egg or, or bread or anything, you're not going to give them a stone or a scorpion, right? That would be really weird. Hey, Mom, you know, can I have a, can I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Sure, it's right on the table. There's a rock sitting there. Yeah, eat up right can i have an egg yeah sure you know take the lid off there's a scorpion in there we're not going to do that and we're evil and what 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 Jesus is saying is if if we're evil and we can give good gifts think of uh, think of I, you know how much more our heavenly father can give the good gifts uh, to those that are uh, that that love him right he'll give the holy spirit to us for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear Amen to that. That God didn't just say, yeah, now you're going to have to worry about all kinds of other things. No, no. In contrast to that, Christ says, you know, if you're you're weary and heavy laden, uh, you know, come, come. And, and uh, you know, I'm uh, going to give you freedom from those burdens. There's freedom from Christ in those. And the, the verse uh, isn't coming to my mind right now. But there, there, there's the, the light burden where Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, there's a good trade-off right there. He didn't, we didn't receive the spirit of bondage. We've been freed from that. We don't have to, as long as we, we turn and we say, I am a new creation. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to follow God. Uh, I'm going to do what he tells me. It says, But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. That close relationship. Uh, you know, my kids, uh, oftentimes they might joke around, but they don't walk up to me and say, Father, you know, my name is Dad to them, right? Sometimes when I they can't get my attention by saying, Dad, hey, 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 or anything, I'll hear actually Ashley has to do it the most. Ashley would go, John. I'm like, then I, I understand. Like, jolts me because my mind will block those things out. But you, you those those terms of endearment that, that we have for each other, right? Um, I almost never call... Like when I'm talking to Jen, I never almost never call her Jen, right? I just don't. And when I have, she, you know at times she'll look at me like, what? You know, that, that term of endearment, that close relationship that we have in the Lord when uh, we've received uh, the spirit of adoption where we cry out. You know, God has called out to us. You know, we're free, but we're debtors to God. And you know what? I'd be a debtor to God. Uh, that that sounds good to me, right? Where Paul identifies himself as a as a bondslave, a doulos, you know, the lowest. Uh, that 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 works for me. We can call God our Father because He's good. He gave us new birth in Him, and He He made us His sons and daughters. Just realize this in, in closing. Colossians three three says this: For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The old person, right? The old things that 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 come up. Right. As we talked about in Romans seven. And then we see here that the newness of life, that we don't have to live in condemnation and that the, the, the freedom we have in Christ uh, as we walk in the spirit, we don't have to be ruled by anything else. You know, by the power of the Holy Spirit and walking with the Lord, we have freedom. Remember what verse one said. There is therefore, there is now uh, no therefore. Sorry, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? He fulfilled the righteous demands of the law. He paid the ransom for our sins. There was no other way. We described that uh, earlier when taking communion, right? We receive Him by faith, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit then um, uh, you know indwells us, fights our battles for us. Even prays for us when we don't know what to pray, we're going to talk about that next week. Think about that, that God prays for us to himself so that 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 we can be uh, uh, the need that we have, that we don't know how to even pray for can be met. Consider that. That's how much God knows us, and that's how much God loves us. You know we can defeat the flesh and we can live for God through the Holy Spirit residing in us. We'll continue in the work of the Holy Spirit as we pick up next week. Well, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your word. We're grateful, Lord, that you didn't leave us here as orphans. You gave us the Holy Spirit. Lord, that you dwell within us. We're so grateful for the freedom that you offer and provide. We're so grateful for the victory Lord, we don't want to live in the flesh. We don't want to be carnally minded. And Lord, we don't want to oscillate between living in carnality and walking in the spirit. That's just going to make things difficult for us. Give us a mindset that we understand that we are sojourners and that our lives are hidden in Christ. And Lord, that we just live for you now. We're no longer our own, uh, you know, master. We've submitted our will to yours. Remind us of the freedom. Lord, help us not to walk away from you. In Jesus' name.